Every now and again, my best friend from college will reach out to me and say, hey, I think you should follow this person on Twitter. I think you would like him or her. He's one of my friends, is one of the few people who knows me well enough that I trust when he makes a recommendation like that. And a few years ago, probably more than a few years ago now, he recommended I start following this guy named Chris Arnotti. I don't know if any of you have heard of him. But Chris Arnotti got a PhD in particle physics from Johns Hopkins University and then became a day trader on Wall Street and was very financially successful. But he was unfulfilled. And so in his spare time, he started going to a place in the Bronx, in, in his own words, he said he started going there because people told him not to go there. And he would talk to people. And he would listen to their stories. And he would take pictures of the neighborhood. And what he found was how initially he was afraid to go there. He found this beautiful and rich community. Maybe not rich in material things, but in its community identity. People knew each other and knew each other's lives. And so he started to go more and more and listen to more and more of their stories. And as he was doing this, he realized how dissatisfied he was with his own professional career. In fact, he left that and traveled the country for, gosh, like four or five years, going to the places where people don't go, to the inner cities, to the ghettos, to the cities that have fallen onto hard times or have been abandoned. And he would just sit oftentimes at the local McDonald's and listen to people's stories. And in his chronicling, he's written a book. It's, I haven't had a chance to read it. It's one of the many books sitting on the table next to my chair in my room that is burning a hole in that table. But in, he wrote a book about this, about his experiences. And in just my experiences of following him on social media all these years, I've come to realize several things from his observations. The first thing is that poverty is an extraordinarily complex thing because it has to deal with people. And people are complex. So often we can think that it's just about, you know, trends in society or this, that, and the other thing. But ultimately when we're dealing with is people. And we need to remember that when we deal with the poor, that we are dealing with systems of oppression, sure. We're dealing with the difficulties and systemic poverty that is in many ways a slavery. But ultimately, we're dealing with a beloved child of God who has a story to tell who has pains and burdens in their their life, in their family, in their culture. But not only do we deal with people, but because we deal with people, we start to recognize, and I've seen this in in Chris's uh, social media feed on Twitter, we start to see how broad poverty is. Poverty is not simply material poverty. It's not a lack of financial resources. Poverty goes into every aspect of our life. In fact, one of the fascinating things to watch in Chris Arnotti's own journey in this is to see how he has realized his own poverty. Maybe not financial in the way that many other people he encounters have, but relationally, emotionally, spiritually. Poverty reaches its hand into every aspect of our lives. We can have everything that the world has to offer and be utterly poor and alone. But here's the thing that's really struck me in Chris Arnotti's journey, is that when he started, he was more or less a militant atheist. He had no room in his life for God or for Christianity. 
And yet he said, and I, I wish I could have found this, but a few years ago, I remember it struck me to my very core, that the thing that opened him back up to God, to spirituality in his life, were addicts and prostitutes. Because in the world's eyes, these people are slaves. They have nothing to live for. And yet he found that for so many of them, when they would talk and he would listen, they had hope. They knew that a God loved them even in their brokenness and that someday it may turn around. And he realized in his own life, he didn't have what they have. So often we approach major big issues from an armchair. We want to stay different. We look at it, well, if I vote for a certain candidate or if I support a certain policy, I will support the poor or I'll change. And not to say that any of those things aren't important, right? The, the right ordering of society and culture and government is a good thing. But are we invested? Do we give from, as Jesus says in the gospel, from our surplus? Or do we give our whole hearts? to the people in front of us, to changing the ills that go through every aspect of our society. Not only do we do this on a social level, but do we do this in our relationship to God? Do we hold things back? Do we think that we know better than Christ, the church, or other people? Do we open our hearts to the Lord, seeking His love and guidance, trusting in His truth and mercy, Do we recognize that our strength comes when we realize our utter poverty? Jesus says throughout all of the Gospels that I have come not to those who are healthy, but to those who are sick. We hear in the Psalms that the Lord hears the cry of the poor. And the central teaching of Jesus' ministry in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, the first thing that we hear are, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, we have nothing until we embrace our poverty about how all the good things that we have are gifts from God and ultimately are not ours. We are simple, beloved sons and daughters of God, called to open our hearts, to empty our hearts, to find in ourselves the Lord who loves us and to share everything that we have, clinging to nothing but the Lordship of Christ Jesus in our hearts. This is the message of the gospel to which we are all called. And we can do this in myriad ways. To share from the financial benefits that we have, if we have those. To share to the point of it hurting us financially. To share from the gifts that we have received, especially in this community, intellectually. To put the gifts we have received in service to the greater good. To see what we have, not as something that brings me glory or honor or accolades, but as something that is meant to serve. And not only that, but to come as sons and daughters of God, to Mass. To receive the fullness of God in the Eucharist. Not because we are strong, but because we are weak and desperately in need of a Savior. To come to holy confession and to open our hearts, and to recognize our poverty and brokenness, but to give the Lord everything and to receive infinitely more in return. Until we embrace our poverty and give everything from that, 
we live a life that is in some way a lie or a sham or a shadow of what the Lord desires it to be. Each and every one of us is called to build community, to offer everything that we have so that we can make the world a better place. The Lord in no way in the gospel condemns those who give great sums, but he challenges them to give their whole hearts, their whole well-being, their everything to God. What are we holding back? What is keeping us from embracing our poverty, giving it to the Lord so that we can, through that gift, become wildly rich, not in the ways of the world, but in the ways of God, in love, in the one thing that will last forever.